and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another terrific Tuesday for Torch Report 506, The Five Fronts of Freedom. Today we're going to be taking a survey of the assault that seems to be coming at us from every angle, uh, analyzing multiple angles, if you will. And as you well know, there's a lot going on in the world, right? There, there's more than any one person could possibly keep track of. Track of. There's more corruption than you could shake a stick at, as they say. More shady backroom political shenanigans. More dark and seedy death cult-like plots against the whole of humanity. And more straight-up craziness than any one of us could imagine. And yet... In the midst of it all, friends, as always, I feel inclined to remind the listening audience, the astute listening audience, that life is still good. Life is fundamentally good at all times, and we need to make sure we don't lose sight of that. So I suppose, you know, the same thing is equally true. You know, you think about there's more going on in the world than anyone can keep track of. It's all this negative crap. Yeah. And the same thing is equally true from a positive angle, right? There's there's more goodness in life than any one person could possibly keep track of. There's more kindness and courage out there than any of us will ever know. There is more exciting possibility, more practical solutions that are just waiting to be discovered than we could ever possibly imagine. And that's all good stuff. And so herein lies a unique sort of challenge in this kind of mixed up crazy world that we live in in this day and age given everything that's going on on the global stage where do we focus our time and energy right there's no easy answer here first and foremost is kind of practically speaking we must focus on the practical aspects of living and then if we're wise we must focus on cultivating the little things that make life worth living and beyond those often all-consuming tasks friends we must decide how best to allot our time and our energy to improve the various areas of our life that bring the most pleasure and joy right this is this is just kind of human stuff, but as human beings, we find ourselves in the midst of some uh, kind of exciting times, if you will, and right now, I think like uh, in the past, there are times when we must focus on hard things, when we must marshal the proper mindset and do the mental work to overcome hardships, when we we must sacrifice and suffer and do whatever must be done to evince ourselves from undesirable circumstance. That's, uh, that's what I want to address today. Friends, we are at war. And it's been some time since I've framed the conversation in this way. But thinking back to the military, uh, militaristic mindset of these uh, global, you know, environmental wackos, they got to get militant about enforcing their agenda. They got to get militant about depopulating the planet. They got to get militant about taking control of every aspect of our lives. You know, I think that we need to realize that we are at war and it's necessary to frame the conversation this way. Uh, I think it's really the only proper perspective from which the wise should be operating here. War is hard, and it requires that we focus on strategic solutions to the life-threatening problems that we are facing. And, And that's not fun for anyone, and yet 
it must be done. If we just focus on, you know, uh, all the, you know, rainbows and butterflies and all that kind of stuff, if we, if during wartime we focus on rainbows and butterflies, we die. <laughs> okay, it's just that simple. So it's true that we can and we should still maintain a positive attitude, right? Even in wartime, uh, we must muster an indomitable spirit. We must choose to maintain faith and belief in ultimate victory, regardless of the odds. However, if we fail to face our enemies and confront the onslaught of aggression that is against us, then we will lose. We will suffer. And in fact, at this point, we may never recover. Humanity may never recover if we lose the fight that we're in right now. Now, when I say we in this sense, I mean we, the American people, you know, those of us who value and love American traditions, those of us who cherish liberty and justice and freedom, who intend to fight to uphold the Constitution, to preserve the sovereignty of our republic, to fight for what's right in the face of overwhelming odds, just as our forefathers did before us. There are those who love America and believe that she's worth fighting and dying for, and there are those who are hell-bent on destroying the country that we love. The two sides could not be more clear, friends, nor is the fact that these sides are at war. Now, just to refresh here, I've dove into the uh, subtleties and the nuance of war, the various types of war, the art of war, even the value of war, in several prior reports. I put some links there today, Torch Report 66, Seen Through the Illusion, Putting the evils of war in the context, sometimes war is necessary to overcome evil. Torch Report 136, is this this the start of a civil war? That report was really considering the different definitions of war uh, and, and considering what might spark an actual kinetic conflict. Torch Report 186, are we prisoners of war? Uh, really kind of examining why the heavy toll of public manipulation is yet to be fully felt. Torch Report 210, can we the people win if we apply the art of war against the insidious global cabal? So just uh, a little premise there, a little foundation, a little precedent, a little platform, I don't know. Uh, This is where I'm coming from, okay? Now, just to be clear here, uh, just as American patriots are at war, to defend America against the insidious global cabal, so too are other patriots around the planet defending their countries. They're defending their beloved homelands against the onslaught of the globalist regime. This is a global problem. And I think, I think of the Canadian truckers. I think of the Dutch farmers. I think of the recent Irish uprising. I think of the Brazilians marching against the socialist coup. And I even think of the Chinese people rising up during the white paper protests. And I I remember these historic events. They're recent. They're fresh in my mind because they remind me that the desire for freedom is universal, that the human spirit is born free and it yearns to live free despite the decades of cultural conditioning that has sought to make us slaves. And yet, 
Thanks to the weaponized AI, thanks to government censorship and algorithmic social interventions, these telltale signs of global uprising, they're rapidly being buried. They're being revised, just like the history of J6 is being revised. It's happening all around the world. Uh, other, other places, these stories are being outright removed from public conversation. If you were in China and trying to find... Uh, news sources on the Chinese white paper revolution, you probably ain't going to find it, right? And I believe that the globalists are keen to the fact that peasants are growing wise, and the globalists simply cannot allow this desire to buck the system to go viral. Like Klausy Klaus Schwab said, you know, there's a revolution against the system, you know, and so they must stop it at all costs. The global ruling class has launched an all-out assault against the whole of humanity, which they call the Great Reset. And people everywhere are starting to resist. This is good news, you know. Put differently, the global war for the future of humanity, friends, it's well underway. It's pitting those of us who value freedom and self-sovereignty and national identity against those who intend to divide and conquer us all. So I'll say it again. We are at war. And we can win. But it's not going to be easy. Of course, uh, winning a war never is easy, friends. To win this war, we must first understand the strategies of the enemy and the nature of their attacks against us. And... To do that, uh, I'm going to have to break this probably into two parts, but for today, I want to reflect on the lessons that we can learn from our fellow freedom fighters, our fellow foreign patriots all around the world, and try to extract kind of a deeper understanding of what I call, I'll call here today, the five fronts of freedom. Now, from the Canadian truckers, we learned that the Western governments uh, have abandoned any pretext of democratic rule, that they're hell-bent on demanding compliance with their draconian pandemic responses, etc. And from the Canadian truckers' protest, we learned that ostensibly liberal governments very quickly would callously de declare, you know, no-go zones. You can't go there. You can't do that. They would restrict people's right to travel. They would demand uptake of experimental injections. They would freeze bank accounts, confiscate assets, and use brutal police force against anyone who dared to protest. That happened just north of the border, friends. Let's not forget it. Second front here from the Dutch farmers, we learned that governments around the world are willing to implement utterly ridiculous and harmful climate regulations that not only threaten the livelihood of farmers everywhere, but actually threaten our very ability to feed ourselves, to our ability to feed our families. We learned from the Dutch farmers that authoritarian rulers can reach into our stomachs and lay grip to the dinner table, right? They can, they can restrict our ability to grow crops and raise livestock in order to sustain ourselves at the local community level. Now, what they do in one place, they can do in another, as I, as I like to point out. Now, from the third front here, from the Irish uprising, we've learned that illegal immigration has terrible real-world consequences, as if we didn't know that, but we learned that at some point, the good guys have to stand up and defend their communities from the senseless violence of foreign invaders, okay, illegal aliens. And we also learned from the Irish uprising 
that globalist governments are willing to sacrifice their own people to shame and persecute the patriots who defend their women and children and then use these manufactured crises to, as a pretext to crack down on free speech. That's happening right now in Ireland. And again, I think it's very, very eerily similar to what's happening right here at home. Fourth front from the Brazilian patriots, I think we can learn that the global cabal is willing to use military force to overthrow the will of the people, to install sock puppet socialist dictators, and that mathematically impossible elections are now the global norm. From the Brazilian patriots, we also learned that our own deep state is being openly used, not behind the curtains, but being openly used to interfere with global elections, to bolster Marxist tyrants, and to systematically eliminate any political opposition that dares to defy the socialist new world order. Now, that's a lot to extract from that, friends, but there's a fifth front here, and that's the dear Chinese protesters. What did we learn from the Chinese protesters of the paper revolution? White paper revolution? Yes, if you didn't know, the uh, white paper revolution, it's all the Chinese, they were holding up just blank sheets of paper, all the things that they wanted to say but they couldn't say, right? And they were doing this because people had been burned to death because they had been locked in their buildings, doors bolted shut, they could not escape from a fire. So from the Chinese protesters, we learned that even peaceful people living under the boot of abject tyranny are willing to rise up when the government forcefully locks them in their homes for months on end, when the government prohibits them from singing out the window, when the government demands that they control their soul's urge for freedom. We learn from these poor Chinese peasants that when governments bolt the door and prevent escape and innocent people burn to death, the story of the state-sanctioned propaganda will be spun as the fault of the victims. Friends, in other words, what we learned from the Chinese protesters is we learned that there really is no limit to the evils that a government will do. And again, what they do in one place, they will and could, you know, they assume they can do it in another. These are governments and governments are groups of people. So we've got groups of people in power assuming that they have these authorities. And they don't, but they claim that they do and they assume that they do. Now, just kind of, kind of working backwards here to try to form a synopsis, if you will, we must not forget that the globalists have openly praised China's response to the pandemic and declared that the Chinese Communist Party is the role model for the world. Okay, you think about the Chinese white paper protests, people being bolted in their, uh, their buildings, into their apartments, they can't get out, they burn to death. And they're still, and China's being praised uh, as the role model for the world. We were just looking at how uh, the, the, uh, the response of authoritarian governments has yet to be fully appreciated, right? We see it from Bill Gates, we see it from the WEF, we see it from the World Health Organization, China, and their response, their authoritarian lockdowns and their pandemic response has been declared a role model for the world. Do not lose sight of that. We must not forget. Similarly, we must not forget that the events in Brazil perfectly mirror the guerrilla tactics, the guerrilla political tactics that were used against Donald Trump and also the persecution of his supporters. So what happened in Brazil was huge. I mean, this massive uprising. People are like, no, this is a socialist coup. And what do they do? 
They brought in the security forces, right? They brought in brutal police force, just like they did in China. Uh, well, yeah, in China, but also in Canada. You know, they brought in the police to round up the protesters of the illegal coup that was, in fact, uh, you know, at least partially orchestrated by our own CIA, the Biden administration at L. Again, links in the report there, friends. If you don't, if you're not familiar with these things, I, I suggest checking out the links and digging in. The torture report is the truth you can trust, not because I ask you to take my word for it, but because I do an insane amount of research to uh, and apply my brain but to to present the truth in a thought-provoking fashion with the resources that you need to dig in and develop your own informed perspective. Now. Just like the events in Brazil mirror what's happening right here at home with Trump and his supporters and all of that, we also see that the illegal immigration that led to the violent stabbing and death of innocent children in Ireland, illegal immigration in the United States has generated similar violence against innocent women and children. And yet... Unlike in Ireland, where, you know, the good old boys and the patriots have finally stood up and said, enough of this crap, that hasn't quite happened here just yet. Uh, And, you know, one wonders, well, will it ever happen? I don't know. Maybe Americans are too docile. Maybe they're too dumbed down. Maybe they're too uh, effeminate. They're too too feminized. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I can say that the problem that's happening there is happening here, too. And this is not by accident. Not sure if you guys caught the uh, the story out about uh, was it Senator Dick Durbin saying that anybody all these illegal immigrants they should get signed up for the military and that's how they're going to get their citizenship. So all these millions of military age men are going to go get their citizenship by you know fighting in the U.S. military and then they get the right to vote and so will their families. Anyway, but let me get not off track here. Uh, again, working backwards, same. What's going on in China, Brazil, Ireland, we can also resonate with what's happening with the Dutch farmers in that American farmers are also under attack from environmental regulations, from the from the climate Nazis, right? From the great climate cult and this great climate scam. They are, in fact, coming for your food. We've talked about that at, at length. Joe Biden says the food shortages are going to be real and all that. And a major part of that is this direct attack uh, by environmental regulators on American farmers. And furthermore, you know, this whole thing about restricting our right to travel. This whole thing about freezing bank accounts, seizing assets, and using brutal police force against peaceful protesters, this too has happened right here at home. So what's happened in Canada, again, what happens in one place can happen in another. What's happened in Canada has happened here. We can look at these examples and remember this is happening all around the world. As I've said, and I'll say it again and again and again and again, what they do in one place, they assume that they can do and another. And though patriots everywhere have been pushing back, the commie global cabal and their fascist public-private partnerships have no intentions of relinquishing control. These shysters are playing for keeps, and they are very, very close to winning for good. And thus, we face the need to defend ourselves on multiple fronts. First, we must fight for our right to travel freely, to protest government overreach, and to not have the government freeze our accounts and seize our assets when we do. Second, we must fight for our right to feed ourselves, to grow crops and raise livestock to support our communities, and do so without government interference. Third, we must fight for the right to retain our national identity and defend our families and our communities against hostile and violent foreign intruders. Fourth, 
We must fight for the right to have representative government and secure our elections from radical subversion by actors both foreign and domestic. Fifth front friends, we must fight for the right to maintain our American traditions, our quality of life, and to ensure our country remains a beacon of liberty for generations to come. Perhaps more poetically, friends, we must defend our flag and the freedom for which it stands. We must defend our right to live as free human beings, as a right that countless patriots have fought and died to protect, not just in America, but in countries all around the world. Now is the time to rise up. It starts by raising our voice. Friends, we must talk to people. We must share the truth. There is more that unites us than there is that divides us. United we stand, divided we fall, and we must heed the call to defeat the global cabal, and therefore resist we must. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you enjoyed this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, The Tour Tree Report.com. Go to the TortureFort.com. Find that heart. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this terrific Tuesday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.